Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed, full of timeless ideas you can apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Stefan Baronia, co-founder and CTO of Proportunity. Stefan discusses why it's now a commonplace thing in Western society for people to want and experience several different careers over the course of their lives, and why the degree of choice afforded to us is both a blessing and a curse. We discuss the management of our most precious resource, time, and how doing it successfully amounts to fulfillment in our working life. Stefan explores the human tendency to overestimate risk and its implications on our choice of work. And our conversation touches on why we should all aim to be an outlier and how self-knowledge is a critical part of identifying the optimal path for ourselves. What is work? So um, I guess for me, it's it's always been it's always been very interesting because uh, when I started my career, I, I always wanted to do research. Right, and this research is is an interesting topic all the time. Right, you don't you don't feel like it's work. You feel like it's something that's coming out of passion and coming out of what you're doing because you want to discover something new. Right, you don't see it as work. You don't see it as a uh, as a career in a way. Right, it's just something that's driving you. Um, and for me, it's always been, it's always been that transition from, let's say the, the research field to corporate life, um, in a way, um, that sort of, sort of defined my career trajectory, right? I think it's always, it's always been that I've been somebody that wasn't looking for work, if that makes sense. I wasn't pursuing what were you work, looking for? right? I was always looking for passion, right? For, for anything that, that drives me, that allows me to spend sleepless nights without even feeling like they're, they're there. Right. Um, I think flexibility has always been something that I've, I've been looking for, right? The inability to move from, from one thing to another just felt a bit weird um, then feel natural. I think a lot of people end up being in these kind of jobs, roles, whatever you want to call them. I wouldn't call them necessarily careers or something that they're passionate about, but it's just endless work doing the same thing over and over again. And I feel like for, for me, it's never been that drive, right? Um, I've never looked for safety or security or anything that's uh, a job description and you have these five things to take off of a, off of a, uh, a checkbox, right? I didn't want that. So for me, it's always been the search for something that's, that's interesting, something that's, that gives you more, right? The more you, the more you go into it, the more it gives you that adrenaline boost, right? the more you discover something else. And I think you could take yourself, if you were to take a step back from that even further, one way of defining work is, I mean, if you were to think about it from a kind of physicist point of view, if we are, if, if kind of, we have the law of entropy and all atoms in the universe trying to distribute themselves evenly then unless something works against them then we are we will fall to entropy so in some ways like every life form 
is and and that kind of process of capturing energy and like that's and putting it to work is work in a way but do do you see that there there should be and and this is this is i think interesting because for me i've never accepted that um that entropy that that force that kind of drives your your path and your your career and you're just you're just sort of subject to to this uh this higher power right in a way um for me it's always kind of been driving my own my own path between those those atoms right where does that come from yeah because it the you 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 have done some incredible things things that are very different mm, it must have taken something different for you to carve that path out i think it's i think it's interesting so um as a as a romanian as a eastern european i think um my childhood has been primarily driven by looking around and seeing people who were essentially just had the same job, um, right? They've been working for 50 years in the same company. They've been doing the same thing that somebody else told them. Um, and having at the end of their lives, uh, as you were mentioning at the beginning, right, of our conversation, having these kind of thoughts around work and what, what does work actually mean for them? What, what did it mean? And I feel like a lot of people were we're just at this point where work was meaningless, right? Um, it was a, it was a means towards an end, but it wasn't, wasn't something that they chose a lot of the times, right? It was simply because there were these two, three different career paths that they could, they could go towards, whether you were a doctor or a lawyer or, uh, maybe an engineer. Um, but that was kind of it, right? Um, if you would stray outside of that, that kind of path, then, um, the uh, communist and post-communist, immediate post-communist era of of Eastern Europe would would be unforgiving, let's say. Um, so the concept of entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurship, right, um, was was just unheard of. You wouldn't you wouldn't have companies. You wouldn't even start a startup. What, what what's a startup when you're coming from fifty years of um, of uh, oppression right so you in some ways your decision is like this equal and opposite reaction to the circumstances that you were in you it almost sounds like this rejection of just doing the same old job correct right you you see that you see this frustration you see the people that are lost in that in that kind of wouldn't even call it a rat race, right? I think at that point was was just kind of accepting what was put in front of them and and just going with with that. Um, and I think for me that was that was definitely not the case. If we were to take it back to the history of work and this kind of moment in time that we're in at this point where we no longer have to do the job that our family did or our class did necessarily in some parts of the world, but instead we can have this kind of um, blessing and curse choice of what we want to um, pursue next. It almost sounds as if like both because you're kind of reacting to that uh, Romanian childhood and we're at this moment in history it, there's this first moment where we can explore this our passions through work or our our gift through work and it and it's in some ways it's hard to understand because we're maybe one of the first generations in history that has been able to do this perhaps yeah i feel, I feel like it's it's definitely a blessing and a curse as you said right there's the the downside of of this kind of choosing your your role or choosing the company you work for or um nowadays everybody has maybe two three different careers throughout their lives right um reinventing yourself and having that kind of 
courage in a way and, and, and energy to, to keep up with the ever-changing world. Um, and I feel like that's, um, that's difficult. And I think it, it works for some people, especially the, the people who, who have this kind of mindset around exploring more and they, they, they're builders, right? They want to, they want to build something or they want to, they want to explore something. And I feel like maybe, um, a bit more, um, of a, I wouldn't say lack of fear, but I would say just not taking these kind of hits that, that let's say uh, a failure would, 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 uh, entail. Like a writer's first draft is always very poor. Correct. Right. Um, but in a way that's nowadays, um, that failure. And I, I don't know if, a lot of people realize this yet, but that, that failure is accepted, right? That failure is maybe it's even implied from, from our society these days. Um, you have to fail in order to kind of keep up with, with the changes that we've, um, we've kind of gone through as a, as a society. Um, if you look over the, the past 20 years, whatever, uh, 30 years, um, when I was, when I was young, and I, I guess I'm, I'm one of those, all generations that remembers what, what life was like without the internet. Right. Um, but since, um, well, computers kind of became a thing, um, since the internet became a thing, um, everything has changed towards the, the better or, or the worse. That's, that's obviously debatable. It's interesting that a builder mindset is potentially better placed to deal with these failures because I guess from a kind of existentialist point of view we kind of end up in this tricky situation where we don't know what's going to happen in the future and so we kind of are overwhelmed by this amount of choice that we've got in the immediate term and because of that the the kind of planner or the thinker struggles to keep up in the way that the builder does because the builder is able to practice kind of he's almost made to he or she is able to make those kind of those faster decisions those smaller failures and as opposed to the the thinker or the or the planner that that can't do that. I think, I think, I think it's not about they can't, right. I think this is the, the, this is the, the weird part about it, but because I feel like it's just a matter of not taking those risks, not, not taking those chances is, it's not a matter of skill, right. It's not like the, the thinker wouldn't, wouldn't be able to take those, um, those decisions. It's, I, I, I feel like it's, a lot of the times it's simply that fear of failure, right? That fear of trying something, experimenting, right? Um, and figuring out that, okay, it's, it just doesn't work. It's a, it's a failed experiment, but you've learned something from it, right? Um, whereas I feel like a lot of people, especially if you've, you've not been in that situation where failure was accepted or you've, you failed previously, um, you feel like it's, it's such a burden on yourself that, um, it's very difficult to, to get past that, that failure and, um, find that passion again or find something that, that kind of drives you, um, again and, and realizing that, that new passion or whatever has, has kind of come, you've, you've come across later down the line, um, it's, it's actually also driven by your learnings from, from those, those failures, right? Right. From, from those experiments. Um, and I feel like a lot of people just don't see it as building blocks towards something. They just see it as a pure failure and, and they see a, a, a sort of, um, trajectory where, where nothing ha- has changed, but we're, we're fundamentally a, sort of this, this, uh, 
well, this history of, of our ex experiments, of our failures, of our of the people that we've met, right? Um, and I feel like there isn't a right or a wrong um, regarding which path to take or which experiments to try out. I think it's it's purely the joy of of experimenting, right? And having those those sleepless nights and uh, working on something that's um, is interesting, right? At the end of the day, sounds it's like it's journey. a risk decision. It is. It sounds is, like it's I, a risk decision. Yeah, but people are are. I think um, I don't have the data, but I think that people are pretty bad at assessing risk generally. How do you assess risk when it comes to professional decisions? Well, I think that there's there's always the question of what is the downside, and I feel like without having the knowledge of previous failures um, or experiences from, let's say, family or friends or um, the group of people that are around you, I feel like that downside is overplayed most of the times. Uh, people see the downside as being much higher than, um, than it, it actually is. Um, and I would even kind of go um, further to the point where I would say the lack of experimenting, the lack of kind of trying to, to fulfill whatever you are, you're passionate about, I feel like that's even a higher risk, right? That, 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 that gets you to that situation where you're, you're just driven by somebody else at the end of the day, right? Your, your decisions, whether you want to make them or not, will be made, right? The decisions around your career, about your, your education, about your life, um, will be dictated to you by whatever your environment is, right? Whatever, whatever you've been, right? Whether you're in the UK or whether you're in Romania or whether you're in New York, right? Um, that will, essentially drive um, your default um, or whatever you should be doing. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you should go in that path. I, I feel like that's, that's exactly what, I'm, what, what my point was, that you can always decide what, what path to choose in a way. Uh, so if a market economy rewards specialized skills, but in order to have specialized skills, you need to have a particular interest or, or kind of pr proclivity. And in order to find that, you have to take risk. Exactly. And, and, and I feel like the, the people who really find the passion um, maybe earlier on in their, in their careers some people say they, they would be lucky, but I, I feel like they, they're the ones who kind of tried different things and, and really experimented from, from uh, an earlier stage in their lives where um, they found something. And they, they, I think they all, they've also learned that by doing and by building and by kind of experimenting with different concepts and um, different subject, a school or whatever, or they found out that they're, um, they're better at playing sports or whatever it is. Um, I feel like that's obviously driving them or, or it's, it's cementing that kind of trajectory throughout their, their lives. And I, I coming back to my, my previous, um, my previous idea as well, I feel like that's also what teaches them that they can fail or they can look at those, those kind of different options to, to really solve it, um, make, make their, their trajectory a bit more solid and, and uh, really believe in what, what they're doing throughout their lives, throughout their careers. You've gone on to make, career decisions that a lot of people aspire to make and maybe 
in in the future. You rise up at booking, you join EF, you then start for opportunity and you are making home ownership possible. But there's so many other things that Stefan could also do. How do you deal with that, knowing that there are so many other things that you could be doing? It's a good question. Um, I feel like if it's something that you really want to do, I think you can find that time, right? Um, I feel like a lot of potential uh, founders or um, people that, that want to go towards, towards uh, I don't know, having a business, having a startup, um, I feel like they see this as a... Um, uh, as as taking over their their lives entirely, and I feel for for a good part of of the journey, it definitely is. Um, but that doesn't mean that it should consume you completely, right? It should you should be replaced by this this person who who only does um, one thing, right? Um, I feel like there's there's obvious. There, there's obvious things or obvious stages of, of a company that you need to you need to worry about and when you're starting off um, when you're two people um, in uh, EF or um, in a small uh, workspace um, then that's probably that probably doesn't allow you much time um, but once you've kind of gone past that that initial phase I feel like you can obviously still explore a lot of these things that you would like to learn. And for me, for example, I feel like one of the things that I've, I've learned um, is also within Propertunity, right? It's, it's also um, building up teams, right? Building up teams, hiring people within, within different departments, um, understanding how to run those teams that are a bit more multidisciplinary than, than what I, I've initially been used to, right? Um, hiring engineers and um, having them join a tech company um, the size of Booking.com, for example, is very different than um, having salespeople join a small startup in London that's making home ownership possible, right? It's, it's a very different skill set. But I guess you are in a kind of privileged situation there to a certain degree we both are because we kind of we have a slightly broader remit that means that we can we can kind of play out our uh, multiple different parts of ourselves under the same umbrella but we still do only spend you know a certain amount of our time at work and uh outside of that it's very difficult for example to run two full-time jobs and in your circumstance there are there are so many things that you could be doing and there's this kind of almost this risk decision which is like okay i'm 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 by by nature you're all in on this one project so you're every day though it doesn't feel like it's saying no to all of these other projects is that something that you're aware of or or go through any process to to kind of keep a check on as you go through this kind of ongoing risk decision? I've not given it that much thought, I guess. I, I feel like it's, it's always been where if something is really, if I, if I really want to do something, then I, I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to, uh, to go in that direction as well. Right. Um, obviously time is, um, is a tricky topic, right? As a, as a founder. Um, but I feel like you, you also have to give yourself that kind of space. Um, otherwise I feel like a lot of the times if you're not, especially as a, as a person who is kind of used to trying out, okay, maybe, maybe I want to, want to test this. Maybe I want to do this. If you're kind of limiting yourself to not doing those things, then I feel like a lot of the times that will make your 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 work with 
your company um, suffer, right? Um, you're not going to be as productive. You're always going to have in the back of your mind that, okay, well, maybe how about this? Should I do this? Should I not? Um, and obviously that's, that's a, there's an infinite scope of what those, what those things, right? We, we always have these ideas and especially as founders, I think our brains are not necessarily wired differently, but I think we're, we're kind of used to juggling different ideas and different things. And, um, we're always thinking about these kind of experiments that I was, I was talking about earlier. Um, and I feel like if you have something in the back of your mind, it just kind of always prods you at some point, right? And you're, you're, you're always thinking about that. Then that's probably a sign that you should, you should try to entertain that, that experiment. Um, and find the time, find that energy, find those sleepless nights, right? Where you can, you can, uh, you can spend a bit more time even after, after coming back from, uh, from a long day at work. Where does that prodding come from? I don't know. It's, um, it's automatic, right? Um, I, I feel like the more you try to find a structure for it or find some explanations, um, the more difficult it becomes, right? It's, it's not about that. It's, it's something that you've probably learned from a, from a very early stage of your life. Again, just, just kind of understanding what, what you're passionate about, what you want to go towards. Um, and it's just, it's just something that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just what you do, right? You can't, you can't necessarily define that process. And I think that's okay. I think that's, that's what makes it interesting. Those kind of intuitions are, I would say they're very important, especially when you are, when you're running a business and half of the things that we're doing, maybe more. We have no idea about. Um, I'm sure you've you've run into things um, where you simply had no clue, right? Um, and maybe you didn't have the resources to get somebody that was that was a bit more skilled than you, but you still have to do that. Whether that's again hiring, whether that's sales, whether that's marketing, whether that's um, building a website, design, programming, whatever it is that you've you've kind of had to do at some point. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, um, yeah, people just don't accept those challenges as I was, uh, as mentioning before, right. Is that fear of risk. Um, and if you're not that afraid of, of failure and you're, you're kind of giving yourself a bit of, bit of slack, then I feel like the the results are always interesting. The results are interesting, whether because you've achieved something or because you've you've learned something throughout that experiment. So if you can't control what's causing that prodding, what can you control? Your time. Your your priorities, right? I think that's the only thing that we can control. And I feel like a lot of the people, and this is probably something that I've, I've, I've also done quite a lot in my early career. And I've, I've learned throughout time is saying no, right? Um, saying no to things, um, whether it's, um, something that, um, you're, I don't know, whether it's something you're invited to or, um, whether it's something at work that you, uh, people are asking you to do and just, just saying no. Um, if you believe that something is not worth your time, just, just don't do it. Right. Nobody's forcing you to do, to do something. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, um, what we were talking about earlier around this, this idea that some people are just accept, um, whatever career path or trajectory has been, has been, uh, set for them. Um, I feel like if you're 
not in control of your time, then that's where you, you end up in. That's the situation you end up in. A situation where everything is controlled because you're just, you're just saying yes. You're expected in a way by society to say yes. And it's, it's, it's easy for them, right? It's easy for everybody to, to just point the finger at you and say, Hey, Ben, can you do this for me? Um, because then they won't have to do it, right? Somebody else will. Um, it happens every day. Is there something in the middle as well? Because on the one hand, we've kind of got this, this what we can't control, our unconscious, whatever it is, it's in the ether and it's giving us this information about what things we could or couldn't be focused on. And then we have our time where we can say no or yes to things. But it's almost like this part in the middle that connects the spontaneous inclination with your time. And I think a lot of people struggle to bridge the two together. It's like, well, I, you know, I can figure out what to do with time, but it's just a f case of like knowing which of these things to to listen to and how to listen to it because they don't appear as words. They appear as as intuitions, like you said, as kind of directions, but they they really are like... It, they're very hard to locate not words not emotions they're kind of uh, it's almost as if i can't even describe them it is i i feel like it's so it's always uh, this is what i was you know, you were asking me about okay what's what's that prodding um what, what how do how would you describe it well there is no description i don't know you're you're just you just feel like you should be doing something or you shouldn't um and I feel like a lot of the people um, that I've met, especially earlier in my in my career, were were people who were very hardworking, but didn't necessarily have some sort of plan for themselves, if that makes sense. Um, and I feel like that that comes with time, and I feel like that comes with giving yourself that time to think that time to understand what is your intuition telling you i feel like it's especially nowadays with um social media and all the distractions and everything that's that's going on i feel like we've lost that that skill of of really focusing on on ourselves it's not even a, about focusing about around what, what, what's happening uh, around us, but it, it's more around focusing on what's happening within us, right? That, that kind of voice, um, that intuition, what you were, you were saying as well. And I feel like we've, we've not given ourselves that, that breathing space, that, that time to really understand what those, those intuitions tell us. And I feel like a lot of the a lot of people nowadays, I, f I feel like they, they, they're not even aware that that exists. Um, and this is the scary bit where you're stuck in this loop where um, your interactions with, with society, your, your news, everything that's around you is, is just so, sort of put in front of you and you're, you're consuming exactly the same things that everybody else is uh, are, are consuming. And I think that also drives um, this lack of understanding of oneself in a way, um, which is uh, leading to um, everybody acting in the same way, everybody uh, doing the same things, everybody going for the same careers. It's, I don't know, for me, it's, it's just um, a waste of potential, if that makes sense. What do you do to get out of it? I feel like, again, just stopping the noise is something that's it's kind of step one so that you can hear um, that kind of voice that's telling you that intuition, that's telling you exactly what what's what's good for you, right? It's not good for whatever, because it's somebody's telling you to, uh, but rather because, yeah, that's, that's you, right? That's, that's what you want. That's what you're passionate about. That's what you want to, you want to see in the world at the end of the day, right? It's, um, whereas if you're living in this bubble where every single minute you get a notification and the same notification is probably, has probably gone to 
10,000 other people and um, you're looking at the same news, you're interacting with the same people. Um, there's, there's no, there's no chance for that voice to kind of just say, look, this is the, the direction you should go in. It's almost makes me think of like a system. And if you are closer to the center of that system, it's harder to know the context of that system and where, whereabouts it is in the grand scheme of things. And it's a fascinating thought to think that every notification you are getting is, is, is being sent to thousands of other people. And if that's, if that's true and your behaviors are then molding around systems that are kind of large scale developed by, by our society, then you are far, it would make a lot of sense to say that you are far less likely to strike on originality if instead you are part of a more kind of standard system. Yeah. I mean, this is why um, I, I feel like uh, you, you, you can't see the, the overview, right? And it's, it, it's why probably it's so easy for um, social media companies to, to just... Uh, I don't know, group us in, in very specific target groups, right? And um, bombard us with information that um, actually, in a way, works for us, right? Um, but I, I think the target for everyone should be to, to become that kind of outlier, right? In when, when Twitter is trying to um, cluster you among the other people i think you should be at that outlier where where somebody just goes in and data scientist goes in and, and just says okay well what's going on here why why did they not react to that that tweet why didn't they become i don't know upset or angry or uh, frustrated or all of these kind of emotions that we're we're kind of driven towards right extreme emotions um, whereas I, I feel like that's, that's definitely something that is, is more characteristic of our generation. I don't feel like the generations before were, were just so accustomed to these kind of very strong emotions, right? Um, you wouldn't have these kind of fears and, um, you wouldn't be upset in the same kind of manner every day because I don't know, you got a notification. And this is, this is something that's very worrying, right? Um, because obviously this is what's driving our usage of, of these platforms, right? Um, we wouldn't be using them if, if we wouldn't have these kind of emotions, these kind of fears, they wouldn't, they wouldn't trigger us in this way. Um, and I feel like that's finding that, that way of becoming that outlier um in in those algorithms i feel like that should be a target for everybody i guess there's a, a worry when it comes to the cons consumption of our social media and there's also worry when it comes to the production of social media and the fact that a large amount of the work that we do inevitably creates a digital footprint that can in some ways hinder us and what it stops us doing is taking the risks that we need to in order to to kind of discover those those inclinations and those prods because guess what the first time you do it it's really embarrassing and you look like an idiot and you fail and if all of that is now encrusted in a digital footprint that's going to be there forever forever that's that's kind of kind of terrifying really. like i often yeah. think about like the the poems i write are like if uh, i kind of they, they, I, I put them online and they if you go back to the ones at the beginning they're absolutely awful and i remember thinking at the time that i'm so embarrassed that i'm writing these because i, I think that they're bad 
but for whatever reason it took it's taken more strength just accepting that this is going to be bad and if someone in the, if i look back in this in the future like it just will be bad it's it's, it's so difficult to come to terms with yeah but it's it, it's again it's that that idea that's I feel like for, for a lot of people, it's what I was, what I was talking about earlier, which is they feel like that's that failure or whatever it is that it's final in a way, right? This is what, this is what we've been accustomed to in this era where, where everything is, is tracked and recorded and, um, we, we can't escape from, from whatever we published or whatever we've liked, whatever we, we think. Um, but I feel like there's, there's definitely, there's definitely more flexibility that we have, right? Again, those failures aren't failures. Um, they're, they're experiments, they're learning opportunities, right? And people should be seeing them a bit more in that direction. Um, whereas if you are always worried about, okay, what's going to happen, I, I feel like you're, you're wasting that potential, right? And you're, you're, you're not exploring those opportunities that are in front of you. They're the same opportunities we've, we've had before as well. I, I, I feel like, again, everybody is so afraid of, of just taking that risk, just going a bit, a bit above of what, what their comfort zone is and, and just trying out. The thing I find hard still though, I find this really difficult is the, the buildup of painful mistakes because they are, they are, it is absolutely true that, and everything that you're saying, it just makes complete sense. Those, those small risks, these, these small failures, don't define yourself by them. Let them be They're they're, they're kind of success paid forward. But at the same time, they are painful and they, they kind of, they kind of, they, they kind of hurt in a way. Like all of these, you feel like in some ways you're kind of littering your life with, with mistakes sure but when when we when we learn how to ride a bike right we'll, we're probably gonna gonna fall a couple of times and then uh, yeah we, we know how to ride a bike how do we know how to ride a bike that nobody knows right even even the physicists had had issues at the beginning of the century just realizing how do we how do we actually stay on on those two wheels what what what's what's that all about um but yeah, it is, it is those kind of failures. It is, um, those times when, yeah, you fall to the ground and then you, you get yourself back up, you brush yourself. And then a couple of times later, you're, you're good to go, right? You're cycling through London, through crazy traffic and, uh, yeah, surviving, right? Um, and it's fun. When has it not been so fun for you? When's been a moment? Of failure for you that has stung and has stuck interesting uh interesting question so i feel like um out of the things that i've I, i've tried when i when i came to london i actually did um ef twice and it was uh um i started um i started one company and then joined ef the second time um and um that first experience was painful right it was a failure i saw it as a failure um which obviously wasn't right because the second time i i joined ef i knew exactly what kind of co-founder to go for i knew better how to test the idea that uh that we had um and i knew exactly what i can bring to the table i think that's that was also a learning um experience and and kind of knowing myself and knowing exactly what I was, what I was good at and what maybe what I wasn't, I feel like that's, that's definitely been a learning experience. But yes, at, at, at that point in time, for sure, it was, I, I saw it as a, as a failure, but actually it wasn't, right? It was, it was just one of those experiences where you learn to ride the bike. What happened in that first session at ef why was it so painful i think it was was simply the the idea of going for for something that you're, you're really passionate about and you wanted to build um a company that's obviously successful and 
um, you're going on this on this journey towards um, building something that's that's not there, right? And um, after working quite hard, seeing that 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 amounts to nothing, right? Um, which is the difficult the difficult part um, about entrepreneurship in in general, right? I feel like there's there's so much um, there's so much pressure around entrepreneurship, and um, obviously everybody has those um, those targets in the back of their minds, I guess, where they want to where they want to get to, whether that's I don't know, valuation or it's number of employees or it's uh, money in the bank or whatever, whatever drives people, right? Um, starting a startup. Um, and it's, it's always that we're, we're our worst enemies, right? It's, it's always like that because we, we set those, those kind of goals. And then um, if we don't achieve them, then we, we feel like we failed. But again, you always kind of have to, to get back to the fundamentals, right? Get back to that experiment that you've been running. And in the grand scheme of things, it's that that learning experience is so, so valuable, right? It's much more valuable than um, than uh, the, the, the failure, the sense of failure, the pain, whatever it was. Um, and for, for, for better or for worse, those were six months, right? And it, now, now, for example, with Propertynity, uh, been running Propertynity for six uh, years now, right? If you're comparing one with the other, it's it's very different. There's another side to looking for work, to the the side that's pulled by more of our biology in a sense this and more of our evolution this this search for status and this uh ego that that drives some of our decisions because naturally we evaluate our circumstances and our progress based off whereabouts we fit in the pack how have those types of pull these kind of evolutionary forces affected your choice of work it's interesting I've, I've, I've never seen it like that maybe maybe that's that's more of a, a british thing um where where people do look for that that status um i feel like for for me the drive was never I feel like status is always always kind of linked to to money or um, financial success. Um, I feel like for me, it's it's never been that right. I, I feel like that's obviously uh, a nice to have, right? But it's it for me, it's not it's not been driving my um, my way of thinking about work. The choices I've made, actually, I I feel like. I've, I've rejected that, that hypothesis that was, was, was kind of, um, was put in, in front of me. Um, right. Yeah. You have to be financially successful. Um, because I would probably not make the decisions that I've made if that were the case. Right. Um, entrepreneurship is not very glamorous when it comes to earning, right. It's not something that you're, um, especially at the beginning of uh, of it, it's it's definitely not something that you um, you can you can go for. Um, so I, I I feel like I've I've completely blocked out that side of things, right? That status. Um, I feel like for me, it's more around people and working on on something that's that's helping people, right? Um, building the team that I want to build, um, alongside, uh, my co-founder. Um, I feel like it's always been that that's driving me, right? Having those, those kind of, um, extraordinary people in the team, learning from them, 
um, it's it, it's much more valuable for me than um, status for myself, right? Um, I feel like that's that that's just something that's it, it's a path towards being unhappy because I feel like you're the the more you grow, the more you're comparing yourself to whoever has more money, right? There's there's always going to be somebody that has more more status, more um uh yeah more exposure i guess um and yeah for me it's it's just not been something that i've i've craved right um it's been obviously something that can happen but it's not something that i've i've liked i've i've never liked being in the in the spotlight in any case and what what is underneath that desire to be to learn from other people in your team and to to have those relationships and like in some ways, maybe the question here is, what are your expectations? What are you optimizing for? I think a, a life that's dedicated to learning, I think that's a life worth living, right? Um, I think a, a place where you can learn from other people, whatever, whatever that is. Right. Um, I think that's, that's a place you should be in, right. There's, there's always, there's always that, that kind of, uh, mantra that, that people should have where if you're in a place where you're not learning and you're, you're seeing that you're not growing and you, you just do the same thing over and over again, then it's probably time to, to find something new. Right. Um, there's there's no point, especially nowadays, with with so many so many options, right? So many careers, um, so many different companies. Um, if you're not learning, then yeah, why are you there? I feel like I've learned a lot talking, and I'm grateful that you've taken us through your own journey and how you've navigated it both from its risks uh and its its choices um thank you for sharing it thank you ben all right ben all right i appreciate it that's fun take it easy have a great day you too the best work podcast is produced by the team at cord I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at benatcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.